What up, my Hanyaks? Welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast. Hopefully you had a great weekend. I had a pretty exciting one, pretty fun one, and hopefully you've got a pretty good week ahead of you. It's Monday. A lot of people dread it. I um on part of on the part of my contrarian nature, never liked how people rag on Mondays. Now Mondays can be rough, and there's good reason that they are rough sometimes. So, I get it, but I think it's too easy to fall in the trap of then we dread Mondays, and so Mondays are crappy, even when they're not necessarily crappy. And for that reason, I say, look, Monday may not be easy, but it doesn't have to be crappy. So, hopefully it's not crappy. And if it is, it's still early in the week. Plenty of time to turn things around. We're just just kicked off, just tip off, just threw the first pitch, just dropped the puck. Um, I mean, just had the first serve in the tennis set. I mean, we just got off the starting line. Keep going. What's some more? Just had the first serve in a volleyball match. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good enough. But it's early. It's early. So real quick before we get going on the pod, just want to remind you of my newest podcast, Blessings from Tragedy. You maybe have seen it floating around on Facebook. It has a pretty cool cover art that I had professionally made. So that was fun. There we go. And uh, yeah, so it started obviously as a series on this podcast. But has since, and I've been thinking about this for a while, of saying, you know what, this might be good enough to be its own thing. So I was like, let's just, let's just, let's just see what's going on, right? But anyways, wow, sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once. I should quit doing this. Yeah, so that's going to be releasing first and foremost, the first, I think, 11 episodes are all episodes that have previously uh, played on the Rambling Viking, mostly over the course of last year. And I'm basically re-releasing those. Some of those I've switched around the titles, get a little bit more creative with them and try and make them a little bit more catchy. I think I did a decent job, but honestly, might be worth your listen to go and re-listen to those. And I, I really haven't changed much, <laughs> so it'll still say welcome to the Rambling Viking, so it might be a little confusing, but uh, yeah, even if you have listened to them, please go like the page on Facebook, on Instagram, follow us, and check out maybe episode zero where I talk it a little bit more in depth, and be thinking, if you have a story you want to come on and share, I'm looking to get ahead of the recording and start recording those as soon as possible and as many as possible and get those queued up. But yeah, share them around, maybe you'll see that some there's some that you haven't listened to. So check it out. Blessings from tragedy. You'll hear me call it BFT for short. That's the simplest way to do it. But yeah, try my hand at some Facebook ads and stuff and pretty cheap to do and overall pretty effective. I think I'm close to a thousand accounts reached or whatever you want to call it with, you know, maybe about a 10% engagement rate, which I'm happy with, right? Because it takes a lot to get people to engage, but I'm up to 50 or 60 followers on the page, most of which are randos. So Maybe we should give that a go on Rambling Viking, but yeah. So be on the lookout. If you were someone who was on Blessings from Tragedy within Rambling Viking, be on the lookout for your episode to come back across. Share it again so more people who didn't hear it the first time, because now it's buried in the depths of my podcast feed, 
can go and find it easily. So on that same note, though, <laughs> so so fast. We, we haven't even released the first official episode. It's just the episode zero, the introductory episode. And <laughs> it's... And we, it was first week where I was like, all right, let's put out, put out a promo, let's promote the page, let's put out the episode zero, let's put out the trailer. Those are the three big things, try and get this going. And this would have been, yeah, on, this would have been the trailer. And I got a comment and I was like, oh, cool. From some Loretta White said, is that a Phoenix? Innocuous enough? Yes. So my cover art, if you haven't seen it, is says blessings from tragedy and it says cool blue Phoenix with some red coming off of it. And. Uh, in short, I use the Phoenix because I was like, that is, an, that is the, the most recognizable symbol for something, you know, how a Phoenix kind of reproduces itself is it, is it burns up into ash, seemingly on, the, on its face, a bad thing, and then it rises anew from those said ashes, and that's how it is done. And so that, you know, can be symbolic for so many things in so many ways and has been used, you know, from mythology to within Christianity to within the occult, you name it, you know, that is just a generic symbol that's been around since ancient times and has been used widely. And to me, in a lot of ways, is more or less an amoral illustration of whatever we want, right? And so this can be, for the series, it's an obvious, like, representation of, like, look, people... People, you know, burn up and find themselves in the midst of the ashes of their life, but they, they, they rise anew and God brings us out of those situations just as, you know, that can be a picture for our salvation. That is, that is a picture for what Jesus went through. You name it, right? And so <laughs> let me walk you through this, what happened. And at first I was like, all right, this person is cuckoo. Look at their profile. It looks real enough. And I'm like, nah, this is definitely one of those, you know, there's those bots that are just there to stir the pot. And then when you call them out for being it, this happened to me a few months ago on Twitter. Someone came at me. I went back one tweet and then I looked at their profile. And then based on what they were saying, I was like, you were just here to instigate and argue and to get me caught up and riled up. And so I was like, are you a bot? And they like kind of ignored that and tried to come back at me and said, I said, I feel like you're a bot. Why aren't you answering the question? And then they quit replying altogether. And then like maybe blocked me even. I don't remember, but pretty funny. So Loretta White, is that a phoenix? I said, it is. And then let the craziness begin. It's only God that bestows blessings, she replied. The Mass of the Phoenix is a ritual within Thelema, a philosophy and religion created and organized by author and occultist Aleister Crowley. So if you don't know Aleister Crowley, he, in short, was one of the founders of the occult, like Church of Satan. So he lived, though, he lived in the the 19th to 20th century. Who's an English occultist, blah, 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 all this crap. The religion of Th- Thelema. And so he was it, pagan, right? Pagan. But, and I was like, oh, geez, that's coming in hot. And that's when I did some investigation on the profile. So then I just respond, you're right. And this series centers around the fact that God uses the worst situations to work and bring the biggest blessings in our lives. I use the phoenix as a simple illustration of that. It burns up and rises out of the ashes. Despite whatever origins it may have, God supersedes the evil of man, and so I have no concern of its origins. Thanks for your comment. You know, me simply basically trying to say, look, God is sovereign over all, and, you know, what man intends for evil so much time, um, God uses for good, and I, and I have no fear of these earthly evil things, and especially when they try and co-opt the symbol and say, this is our universal symbol, because, you know, this is, to me, this is like, ah, this is, you're probably pissed about Christmas trees. You're probably pissed about wreaths. You're probably pissed about 
you know, Halloween, um, oh, you, you, Easter Bunny, you're probably pissed about all that, right? That kind of person who's like, this is occult, this things. It's like, you probably don't even call it Thursday because that's Thor's day and that's Norse mythology and, you know, that crazy stuff. But anyways, so she comes back and this is, this is, I was like, all right, this is, I, I did that first response. I was like, I'll do a simple response. But I looked at her profile, I was like, bot. And this is where it proves it, right? Because think about what I said. And she said, so you're trying, or it said, because it's a bot. So you're trying, so should I, should I read it like a robot? So you're trying to get people to swear into, listen to this word, Luciferianism. I don't even think that's a word. We're going to find out right now. Because it's not Luciferianism. Don't think it's a word. Oh, it is a word. Okay, now that's in my Google search history, so that's good. And I was like, oh, this is rich. Because I was literally like, <laughs> reference God, reference God, made it clear that I believe in God. And so you're trying to get people to swear to Satan. And I was like, so then I was like, all right, we're going to just troll this bot. I said, oh, wow, you're too funny. Good one. And then she said, you should, because it represents Lucifer and God cares. And I was like, oh, that doesn't even... That's not even coherent. We're getting less and less coherent. Bot, bot, bot. Yeah, so got my first bot trolling on Blessings from Tragedy. Tragedy. Pretty pumped about that. Didn't expect it so quickly. If you haven't seen it, it's the post uh, with the with the trailer where I say, hey, folks, check out the trailer, right? Go check those comments. See Loretta for yourself. Pretty incredible. Got another random comment that was a that was a minion's gift, so I don't know what's going on. Got one random message that said, when is this happening? And I was like, every Friday. Um, so interesting stuff. I think this is where, this is the random side of, I think maybe the boosting posts and the, the, the paid ads on Facebook where it's like, you maybe catch some more bots because you're getting some exposure, but it's pretty cool. Still pretty good, but yeah, blessings from tragedy. Be sure to help, help, help me out there. Hanyang court, help me grow it. And we can kind of cross posts. And I will remind you if you already listened to this, I will continue to post new blessings from tragedy. So starting like in May, I will post both. The, I will post that episode on BFT and on Rambling Vikings. So they will be posted at the same time. So people don't have to necessarily hop over to that other podcast. But for people who are maybe only interested in that, you can send them there. But all you lovely Hanyaks who love the variety that I bring, I will still bring that right here. So you don't have to go and follow that one. But I would appreciate if you did go and follow that one just to help the numbers, help us get us started on the right foot. All right. Yeah. So that was part of my weekend. A lot of fun. Moving on though, in sports news, uh, recently, you know, so the NBA has always strap in Shane, just bear with me. We'll get through this sports stuff. And then, so you can tune out or just skip the next five minutes. I don't care. Or anyone else who's not into sports, but I think this is I think, I think you can handle this, even if you're not into sports, because this, is, this isn't too, too specific to the sport itself. You have to really understand it. But in the last five or seven years, rest has become a big topic uh, throughout the season because the season wears on you. It's 82 games in the NBA specifically, right? And so you're seeing star players. And it's always been more of a thing at the end. You know, if you're already in the playoffs, you kind of you, you rest your starters a little bit more those last three or four games because they'll have no effect on your seating. And you're like, all right, cool. We want you to be as fresh as possible. And that's like last week of the season. That's somewhat understandable. I would just say as long as those people play some, right? Like don't rest them entirely. But it's been a controversial thing because you have the athletes, of course, saying, 
you know, you have LeBron who's 38 now. And it's like, look, for longevity, I need to do this. Going and playing all these games. And, you know, now the, um, a lot more they do back-to-backs and, and stuff like that, which I'm like, I don't, I don't know, you know, how much we should be pushing that, right? We want to try and give guys enough adequate rest. But by and large, I always landed on the side of, because the two sides are like, yeah, no, it's okay to rest because longevity. And so, you know, it's so much wear and tear through an 82-game season with back-to-backs where you're at home and the next night you're somewhere else. And the other side is like rest. You guys are making millions and millions of dollars to play a sports game. And this is your livelihood in life. And this is entertainment for people, i.e. fans and people watch, tune in, go to the games to watch you perform. And for you on any given night to decide and a lot of times is resting isn't isn't known you know it's probably too late for a lot of people it's either the day of or the night before people have bought tickets and it's like look you're here to perform and entertain for the people and the fans and obviously to win the game too because you are competing but it's like that's what you're here to do and outside of injury you should play and that's kind of kind of the two camps and i kind of fall into that that ladder camp there where I'm all, I'm of the mindset of like, look, this is, this is all, everyone's voluntarily here. And if, and if the players at large are complaining about not enough rest and back to backs, go to your CBA rep, put in a collective bargaining agreement. Look, we need this. We need X, Y, Z. We need to back this off NBA, right? Cause the NBA is always going to press that envelope to try and make it more entertaining to to maximize viewership and growth, right? Just from a company standpoint. And so there's that balance where it's like, all right, we're in to do that, but we need to put some guardrails up. And I've always definitely been in more of that camp. I'm like, you're getting paid to do it. And so my mindset has been one of, you know, a couple different things of like, all right, if you're not going to, if you're going to rest, then um, we're going to rest from paying you. And if, and, and you won't get paid that game. And that might be pennies on the dollar, but it's like, all right, if guys want to rest 10 games, that's, and maybe there's even a, there's even a cut, right? Like start building into contracts. If you have to rest more than X amount of games due to non-injury, but due to, what you want to call it fatigue or endurance of, of making it through the season into playoffs, then okay. Then we're going to, you know, your contract, you can be docked, whatever. That's that season, you know, it's like your contract will go from 25 million. You'll get docked 3 million, right? You'll get, if you're going to miss, say, say you rest for 10 games, right? And that's essentially, um, we'll say eight games. That's 10% of the season. It's like, all right, 10% of your paycheck is cut or, and, and, you know, or, or docked or whatever. And it's like, I don't know, there, you know, build in some incentive, hit him, hit him in the pocketbook a little bit. And you still probably have the guys who make the Buku's money is like, whatever. But it's funny when contracts come up, people get real, real stingy. Right. And you might say, well, that's unfair. And it's like, well, anywhere else, if you're like, hey, I'm not going to show up to work today. Obviously, you have sick time PTO, so you could still get paid for that day. But by and large, if it's like. If that's part of your duty, it's like, oh, I don't show up to work today. Well, guess what? I didn't get do. I don't, I'm not going to get paid for work I didn't do. And you might say, well, they're traveling with a team. And my other part of that argument is like, you have un- it's virtually unlimited, all the best resources in terms of training, in terms of recovery. I mean, massage, hot tubs, you get chartered flights, you get the best food, you get everything at your fingertips that us average Hanyaks don't have, I'm happy to have a gross hot tub at my gym that I can go and soak in. And it's like, all right, this is good. And it's like, I can afford a massage once every three months, maybe. And 
you have all that at your fingertips. And it's like, my, my thing is, I was like, okay, if you start to struggle and you're like, man, I, I just, my body can't keep up with this wear and tear to these back to backs. It's like, well, make a strategy, you know, fig- okay, well, how do I need to adjust what I do to maximize recovery to ensure that I can go out and play every night? And maybe it's a conversation with the coach. It's like, look, coach, I'm, I can't, you know, play my max minutes. I can't play 48 or 38 minutes or whatever. I need to, I need to play just 30 minutes. It's like, cause you're still, you'd still go out and play. It just should be more strategic with your playing time. You know, it's different with a role player versus someone who's maybe the star and you have to play through that person. But by and large, I'm like, in general, it's like, okay, you should be expected to play. Rest is not an adequate reason to not play. And I want to shout out Anthony Edwards. Because he, he basically had a press conference on this where he addressed this and he goes, and he's like, look, he calls it out. He, and this is kind of rare because I, I think most guys, a lot of the guys who, you know, either are silent or will, will promote it. He goes, nah, he, he takes the opposite angle. He, he basically calls out this whole resting culture in the NBA and he's like, no, nah, it's crap. And his point is, I think the best point that I've heard made on, he goes, for me, he goes, I go out. I'm going to play every single game that I can. Barring injury, he goes, I'm going to always play. He goes, why? He goes, because it may be, there may be one fan there, and this may be their one chance a year to come to a game. They saved up, spent money on a ticket to come see me or, you know, any one of my teammates play, and it would be doing a disservice to them if I sat out because I'm a little tired. And he's like, no, I'm not going to take that chance. I'm here to play. And I want to, and I respect everyone who wants to come to see me. And maybe that's their one time a year. And I want to do that. And I was like, shout out to you, Anthony Edwards, like hats off to you, man. That is the right kind of mentality. I'm here to perform a duty. And there are people who maybe this is their only game. This is their first game uh, that they, that they can come to. They come to see you and you sit out. So I, on a, and I, and I've seen this kind of play out firsthand. Now, I think there's usually been an injury involved, but there's some weird thing with like every time that LeBron's team would come to OKC to play about half the time, and this would have been over the last decade, it seemed like he was out for some reason. And sometimes it was like, he just, he wasn't going to play. And I think it was maybe due to rest. And you want to talk, and I've been at some of those games and you want to talk about the LeBron, like there's as many, if not close, like it's 50, 50, or sometimes there's even more LeBron jerseys. And cause I'm not going to say they're fans of the, whatever team he was on. They're fans of LeBron come out of the woodwork and, and for good reason. And, and it, the arena is cheering for LeBron and then the thunder. Those are like the two. And then there's like five opposing team, you know, cause it was Cleveland, Miami, now LA. And so the Lakers is a different ball game. Cause you always had these bandwagon Lakers fans. I've Lakers fans since I was a kid. It's like, cool. Now you have a team. Let's figure out this dual team ship here. Okay. Dual fandom. But yeah, Anthony Edwards just outright calls it out. And I was like, you know what? Good job to you. That's somebody who has a good head on his shoulders because he is a star and he's been in the league a few years now. It's not like I, I could see, you know, most rookies have that mindset, but as you get older, it's like, oh, you know, uh, the wear and tear or whatever. And it's like, you, you know, you maybe kind of get a little desensitized to the fans and lose that perspective because you get a little bit separated and your ego gets a little bit bigger. And I can just appreciate the fact that Anthony Edwards has the, has the huevos to sit there and be like, nah, to call out essentially all of his coworkers, all in, all the guys out there in the NBA who are promoting rest and, and wanting to rest throughout the season, not just talking at the end towards playoffs, 
and, and call them out to their faces in a press conference like that. Just put them on blast and be like, here's my mindset. So I'm hoping, you know, that's maybe a small first step in turning this around because I believe it. I, I, I believe that's the, that's the right mentality to have. Having respect uh, for the people, for your patrons, right? And, he, and he's not going to sit there and be like, I'm a slave to them or whatever. But he's like, no, this is out of respect for them, right? They want to see me play. And so if I can play, I'm going to play for them. And it's like, she's like, dude, that's awesome. That's, that's, the, that's the best. Now, I mean, I was very neutral towards Anthony Edwards and now an Anthony, Anthony Edwards fan, big time. Won't get a jersey, way too expensive, but definitely a fan. And I love that about his mentality. So, okay, well, one more quick sports note. I know, stick with me, Shane. This one, this one is very unsportsy, though. <laughs> In other news, Jim Bob Cooter is a real person, and that is his real name, and he is the very real next offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. And I almost can't believe it. Yeah, this is a little bit older news, but it's legit. So the Colts, Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, this is the second time post-Super Bowl that this has happened. Frank Reich, who was ROC when we won five years ago, he went to the Colts as head coach. Got fired this last year. Things did not go well. And then the Colts do a rinse and repeat, even though we didn't win this year and snap, snag uh, Shane Steichen <laughs> again from the Eagles. So that's two offensive coordinators from the Eagles becoming head coaches at the Colts. There's a pipeline here, seemingly growing, building, starting. But yeah, so he's hiring his staff. And I saw this come across Jim Bob Cooter. And I was like, this, this has to be a joke. That has to be a nickname. There has to be something going on. This dude has been around the league since 2009. And he's been a coordinator. Now his formal name is James Bob or James Robert Cooter. Obviously, he prefers to go by Jim Bob. And this is a Yahoo article. I'll put the link in the description where they asked him about like part of this article is Jim Bob Cooter his real name. So we, I wasn't the only one, right? He's always gone by Jim Bob. And in 2015, he was asked about the origins of his name. I think maybe my parents were really into marketing. So we were trying to sell some t-shirts from an early age. Jim Bob, I'm a fan. I'm, I don't care if you're a trash offensive coordinator. I'm a fan. And he's from Tennessee, so that makes sense. He's never seen a need to adjust it, at least professionally, no matter where he coaches. This dude has his name. He's sticking with it. And I love it. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So he, he goes on to talk a little bit about it. He goes, he goes, it seemed to be okay. He goes, but he talks about how as he moved around and he got further north or west away from that southeast area where maybe that's a more normal name, he's like, it tends to get a little extra scare. Uh, so maybe I give a different name when I'm waiting on my sandwich or whatever. That whole thing is just to save that one. Because I can imagine that. You're going to Starbucks. Who's it for? Jim Bob. Oh, okay. Ha ha ha. Funny. And you're like, wow, it's my real name. That's disrespectful. <laughs> but. On that note, I, I mean, I've definitely had the thought in the past where I want to come up with fun names to give at restaurants or like when it's like, oh, what's the name on the order? Give a fun name. Never, never worked out. I always just give Gus. It's fine, though. But that's something I want to do. Yeah. Wow. This. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter, though, we can all be we can all be Cooter fans, Cooter Colt fans. I, I know I definitely am. 
and I hope you are, and you join me in that fandom. So, all right, we'll uh, we'll move on to our last couple notes here. Totally shifting gears. If, uh, so, the local NPR affiliate, and I may have mentioned this before, but they keep running ad reads for this on their little daily news podcast. That's ten, five to ten minutes long. The local NPR affiliate, KOSU. You know, sometimes people are weird. Quick side note: sometimes people are weird about like I'm not going to name the place. It's like I'm going to name the place, and people are like, "Oh, you're calling them out." It's like I'm just giving you accurate facts. Like, and a lot of times it's like you can read between my lines here and, and figure out who I'm talking about. So it's fine. I'll just say, I'm not necessarily trying to put them on blast. I'm just stating a fact. So KOSU, they're like the local NPR affiliate, right? They obviously do ad reads because it's always, you know, it's, it's publicly funded. It's donation ran. So they're always asking about that, you know, giving help support local journalism, blah, 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 classic stuff. Well, there's one ad that they have where, they're bait, where they go, make KOSU a part of your estate plans, a.k.a. put us in your will. And they're asking, so they're essentially asking for a donation via when you die, we want some of that. <laughs> and I'm like, first thought is, that's really, that seems a, a strange angle to take when you're asking for, don- there's a billion ways to ask for donations. And I feel like the one that is the least intuitive is saying, hey, Uh, so you know how you, when you die and like your estate and you'd like have your will and Testament and like this much goes to the kids, this much goes to the grandkids and this goes here, you know, and this, this much gets given to charity. So, you know, whatever sold this much of that is given to charity. Oh, and we're also going to throw, you know, we're going to throw a little chunk to, uh, KOSU over here. And it's like, huh? (laughs) But then I thought maybe. Maybe they just understand their demographic of their audience. And it just, like COVID deaths, just skews. Oh, crap. I'm going to get marked now on Spotify. It just skews towards the really old, you know, average age of 75 here. Okay. And so maybe they understand that these old folks on their little radios, how they get this news and they hear that. And it's like, hey, Geraldine, why don't you just, you know, I know you don't have a lot of money right now. Most of, you know, your social security check goes to this, but just... And you, you don't have to worry and you want to you want to support us. Well, you can just support us this way, right? Just just update your will a little bit and add a little chunk of change for us right there to keep us going even after you're dead and gone. Keep your name alive, right? Build some legacy thing. Uh, but <laughs> I just put in my notes here. It'd be real cool if you sent some of that estate our way because you love us like family. That's that's the weird part about this is typically estate plans revolve around like, all right, you know, it, it divvied up between the family and kin. And I get that there's definitely like, certain things that people support, you know, like for my grandma or grandpa or whatever, we, we have, you know, Bungoba Bible ministries in Kenya that we're very close to. And so they were a supporter of that. And so it makes sense where it's like, oh, we're very close to this specific charity, this specific organization that does good work. And, and so I'm not saying it's totally crazy, but in general, it's like, you think estate planning, it's like, all right, we want to make sure that, you know, this stuff Goes to goes to my next of kin, my family, and by the way, my favorite local radio station because they are like family. Now they don't say that in their ad, but that's the vibe that I get from that. And so there you go, right? So maybe maybe that's should maybe that's the road I should go, at least for Shane, right? So I mean, look, Shane, I know you love the Rambling Viking, and you're not long for this earth. You're on borrowed time at this point. So just just want to throw that out there specifically to Shane. That, you know, if you want to, hey, look, man, just maybe throw a little tip. I know you got a wife and a daughter and all that stuff, but, you know, maybe just throw a little bit extra. We're kind of 
the Rambling Viking is kind of your adopted son of a podcast, is it not? So, or grandson, or great-grandson, rather. You know, so maybe just just throw a little little nickel and dime our way, right? You know, maybe a few thousand, something like that. And, you know, no big deal, just real small, but because, you know, we're family, we're kin like that, we're close like that. You've been on the pod a couple times now. You're going to keep coming on the pod. So why not keep this going even, even after you stop going? You know what I'm saying? I can't finish. I, I said that with a straight face, but I can't really keep that straight face. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So tell me your thoughts on that specifically on where asking for like support and donation of, uh, of, 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 a, of we'll call it a, a local radio kind of news station or, or in general. Any, I, I bet there's some nonprofits where it makes more sense. Like I said, where you have a close personal tie, but like, be like, oh, I want to give some to Habitat for Humanity. That makes sense, right? But our little NPR affiliate, like, I, I guess, I guess, I don't know. It feels a little panhandly to me. I, it just feels weird. It feels weird. Maybe I'm alone in that. What I want to know your thoughts on where you stand on this whole. Yeah, asking for to be a part of your estate plan. And, and and the way they word it too is like, let make us a part of your estate. It's like, why? You're just the news. Get out of here. You're not feeding the hungry, building homes for the homeless. You're not doing helping orphan African kids. Get out. Stay out. Look, I just I just I come to you for a little bit of news. I'll give you five bucks a month, sure. Whatever it is. I'm not gonna give them that. I don't give them that. They're publicly funded so it's fine <laughs> but the estate it just kills me it kills me i want to know what you think about that though and where you stand and 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 you know maybe if there is a place that makes sense for you where you're like yeah i'd put them on my estate plan like you know i think about to use some examples like connor like maybe you know part of yours you know 45 50 years down the road whenever you finally kick that bucket bro in style i'm thinking i'm thinking Secondhand line style, you know, flying, flying an airplane upside down through a barn with your dad. Like that's because your dad is a pilot now. So that works. But, you know, someone say like, okay, Connor wants to give to the, the MS the foundation, you know, the walk MS to that is trying to always find new treatments and, you know, work towards research on figuring out this mysterious shadow disease that is so debilitating. And, and like, that makes sense, right? Because he has MS or something like that, you know, or my, you know, shoot, I, I, you know, all the people that we know who have like have suffered from cancer and like giving part of that, right? Apparently that's how we got MD Anderson was that he was just some rich random dude and he wanted to go to, I think a good cause. And so his, his then his people who were in charge of his estate were like, all right, cool. We're going to boom, build this big cancer center. It's like he, while he was alive, didn't necessarily have anything to do with cancer research or anything like that. He just wanted all you know, his he wanted his his money to go towards a good cause like that, and boom, MD Anderson was born. But like someone like my you know my mother in law who's lived with leukemia for so many years, it's like maybe she wants to go you know some of some of her stuff to go to MD Anderson or or some organization that helps people with cancer, or leukemia, you name it, right? Like stuff like that. That makes sense. Random little local news station feels a bit weird unless I work there or founded it, or something. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I missed something here. But anyways, uh, Shane, just for you, make the Rambling Viking a part of your state plan. <laughs> I can't get through it. All right, final note, we'll wrap this up. This week, in this week's uh, Let's All Feel a Little Smarter Together, 
as I felt, certainly felt smarter after seeing this, I was cruising around town, you know, doing my thing, bebopping around, jamming out to some tunes. When a couple of guys, oh no, that's the wrong thing, uh, driving along the street, and there's a dude, and you see this because Oklahoma City notoriously is sporadic with their sidewalks. You'll have this, a sidewalk will just end randomly, or you'll see like it'll be made on the corner, and then there's absolutely no sidewalk, and you're like, well, it's good when I'm standing on this corner. <laughs> But if I have to go anywhere, I lose my sidewalk, just walking on the grass. Uh, but saw a dude walk. So you see people sometimes walking down streets and whatnot, neighborhood streets, and sometimes busy streets. Saw some lady coming towards an on-ramp or an off-ramp that I use to get home with a shopping cart. I'm like, this is a dangerous corner to just be cruising down the street. Because, yeah, we're only going 45 or 50, but we're coming around, and you can't really see around this corner. And you get too close to this corner, you're going to get hit. But see a dude walking along the street. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I've seen that before. That's no big deal. And I think he's walking, you know, kind of against traffic. So people for sure see him. And then I notice that right up on the curb is a great, I mean, great sidewalk that doesn't just randomly end. That is clearly goes for as, as, as far as I can see. This is one of the few good sidewalks. But this man has elected to walk in the street, no real shoulder here too, it's like white line curb sidewalk, just cruising, and it's two lane road, just cruising down the street, not a care in the world, um, because screw that sidewalk, I guess, I don't know, like it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a super crappy sidewalk that, you know, was made 50 years ago, it was a perfectly good, perfectly usable sidewalk, and I was like, this, this, this. This is the dumb move of the week right here. I was like, this is one of the dumber things I've seen in a while. Like sidewalk, street, maybe get hit by a car. We're going street. Let's, let's, let's play with fire a little bit. And because I can't even say that's riding the lightning because uh, the obvious choice is right there. But I was like, that is something I have not seen. Someone blatantly being like, nah, I don't believe in sidewalks. I'm out here on these streets. So I'm going to walk on these streets. These streets built me. I built these streets. I walk on these streets. I gotta stay hard. <laughs> so I walk on the street. Um, no, dude. Get on the sidewalk. Get on the sidewalk, you animal. You're putting everyone at risk. You're putting yourself. You're putting drivers. You're, you're causing problems in traffic. It's like people who drive just too slow. They... Like almost dangerous, like going like 45 on, on an 80 mile an hour interstate. It's like, that's actually just as dangerous as driving, say a hundred or even more so because you're going so slow that an unassuming driver may not realize or a semi or whoever. And if you don't have your hazards on it, you know, you can tell I'm catching someone pretty fast. And then it's once you get closer, you're like, I'm really catching them. So kind of dangerous, but hopefully that made you feel a little bit smarter. Like it made me feel a little bit better about, okay, maybe I'm not as dumb as I think sometimes I'm definitely dumb and look, we're all a little dumb. And I mean, I mean, Shane though, you can't help it because you know, dementia, Alzheimer's, what are you supposed to, your brain starts deteriorating. I can't really blame that on you. Should have taken better care of yourself when you're younger, but that's fine. It's a different story, different, different topic, different day, you know? So hopefully uh, that maybe lifted your spirits a little bit at the expense of someone else. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I hope that you guys okay. And I hope, hopefully he discovers the magic of sidewalks and how wonderful they can be. Cause then you don't have to. And I guess he was kind of walking without any cares, but he maybe should have had a little bit more cares. But yeah, you can walk without any cares and just have a grand old time and cars can cruise by no problem and everyone's cool. Everyone's cool, right?
But I, I you know, I get it. I get it. If it's if it's one thing, if you're in one of the the sidewalk deserts in OKC, uh, but you were you were in the oasis, all right, the the finest oasis, the pools of Babylon, as some would say. But all right, that'll do it for me in this episode today. Be sure to. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Follow Blessings from Tragedy and this Phoenix logo. You should see it around Facebook, Instagram every Friday for those episodes. I'm For now, I'm still going to be coming at you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with these. Uh, that could change and I could do an alternating thing. We'll just see how things pan out as we go forward. Look, I'm, I'm looking for Blessings from Tragedies to, to cover. So please, if you know someone or you have your own story, and no story is too small, really. And, and you'll see that kind of because... There's a range of stories. A lot of these are pretty heavy because those are the obvious ones. But if I want this to continue indefinitely, look, I'm going to have to get some more minor ones because even I believe that there's even good in, in the small, small tragedies. Right. And so this this Friday, they'll be on the lookout. It's going to be a re-release of my sister and her detailing going through online college during a pandemic. Uh, if you didn't listen to that one the first time around. Or maybe go listen to it now that we're three years removed and see how interesting it is. But it's amazing to see how far she's come since then. And I should maybe do a follow-up with her and we could reflect on that. That might be kind of cool. What do you think? But yeah, anyways, let me know anything and everything. Link in the description to Jim Bob Cooter. Go check out uh, Go check out Jim Bob. And that is his real name. You can read that article for yourself. But thank you all for listening, being a part of the Hanya Accord. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you right here next time on the Rambling Viking Podcast. This is your head Hanyak signing off.